everybody. Welcome back to the Trend Podcast show where we talk about what's trending from a Christian perspective. I'm your host, Jack Dodgen, joined as always by co-host Spencer, Spencer Shaw. Spencer, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Ready for school to get out, though. Yeah, you're almost, well, you're not almost, you are almost done, but you are almost Getting done there. for the the year, more importantly. That's the one you're looking yeah. forward to right now. Yeah. Holidays. Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that stuff. Very good. Uh, that's that's the uh, hardest part of school. Anybody listen to this still in school? Just make it. You got a few more weeks? Is that right? Yeah, the... Uh, well, we've got... Where are we? October 24th. So I guess we have probably two months. We get out first, second week of December. Is finals, I think. And then you like go that through, like, through January or something. So, and then we're off through uh, first part of January. So, Okay, that's a shorter break than I thought. We're, well, we, we, we also, we get out of, for the summer in April, and we don't start until the last Monday in August. So... Um, yeah, that's a pretty good break there. Our summers are longer. Yeah, Granted, it's a really it, long it, it doesn't matter now because I'm not coming back here. Sure. So, yeah, um, so your break is just super long. Well, not really because you're going to start working and then... Start working and then I'm going to be doing grad school there are no for the rest breaks. of my life. <laughs> um, bad, bad decision to... Decide to go in, so decide to go into theology, philosophy, and then at the same time fall in love with um, family therapy and family science, and decide, hey, I want to do both of these things. Do it all. Um, yeah, it's going to take you some time. Then I'm going to be in school for the rest of my life to get the necessary degrees for both of those things. So there you there go. There you go. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you know, you're. Uh... Your line of schooling is helpful, especially in discussions like this. We're not dealing with politics so much today, thank goodness. We've kind of avoided the topic for a little while, which has been very good, but we are talking about something that is, uh, it has the potential to be tricky and touchy and, of course, offensive because everything is uh, offensive uh, nowadays. There are a couple articles that came across uh, for us this week that we really thought would be important to point out. The, force, the first is this. Uh, the UK government, this is the headline, UK government blasts UN because treaty says pregnant women instead of pregnant people. British claims the term, or Britain claims the term is disrespectful to transgender people who have given birth. So there's one thing, and then of course, uh, yesterday, two days ago, as of the upload of this particular episode, uh, Sam Smith uh, was quoted as saying he feels just as much woman as I am man. Now, this one particular article I have pulled up said that doesn't mean he's gender non-binary. He didn't say that, so don't call him that. Uh, but you have a guy uh, here saying, I'm neither. I feel just as much a woman as I do a man. Uh, I don't know if that means neither or both or if it's fluid, you know, where I, where I am, I feel male today, tomorrow I might feel female. 
but that's those are two things. One is a one's a cultural response. It's the UK government saying this would be offensive to transgender people. And then the other is a personal response of somebody saying, I feel this way. Uh, but it speaks a lot to what we're seeing uh, in the U.S. and our culture here with transgenderism, gender fluidity, gender identity, uh, and all those sorts of things. So we're going to talk about that today, uh, some of the consequences of a belief system like that, and then how Christians handle that, because these are people that we've got to preach to. Like th- This is our generation. Uh, and, and these are the people that will grow up trying to reach uh, with the gospel as well as the generations that follow. But as I uh, continue to minister and as uh, Spencer continues to minister and, and you listening uh, as a Christian or as a minister, whatever you may be, uh, you've, these are the people that you will encounter. And so how do you take a gospel that's going to be inherently offensive to a lot of what they believe? How do you take that and translate that to changing their life with it. Uh, So we'll talk a little bit about that. Before we get into how we respond, I think it's good that we talk about the consequences. Uh, Why is it such a big deal uh, that people identify in these sorts of ways? Uh, The first thing is this. You end up with a culture where you can't say a lot of things. Now, Spencer, you and I have talked about this on the show about... um, it was just a. It was just a little while back. Uh, all the, the the stuff in Charlottesville where you actually had, you know, actual Nazi supporters mm-hmm. uh, who were going out and spreading those types of things. But you also had spinoff from that. Uh, you know, hashtag punch a no- punch a Nazi, uh, and the idea there with that is anybody who I disagree with is a Nazi. It doesn't matter if they actually hold the beliefs that Hitler brought up with his Nazi group. If you disagree, if you're more uh, conservative on these things, then that makes you a Nazi, an alt-righter, or somebody who believes these certain types of things. So the first consequence is you're going to end up with free speech policing. Uh, And Spencer, I think you see the same thing with me on that. That that's true. Yeah. Have you? Do you have any experience yet, uh, being somebody who's at college? I know it's a Christian college, but do you have more? Do you do you have some experience with people who have said some of the same things that Sam Smith or like the the UK government have said here? Um, no. It's it's actually one thing that I like about um, being on a Christian campus is honestly, um, it's. From a conservative standpoint, it's a it's a little safer environment to express thoughts and work through these kind of things. Sure. Because um, I, I I mentioned you before the the podcast. I'm in a human sexuality class, and so when you talk about the kinds of things that we are uh, today, it's it's all encompassed in sexuality. And so those are things that we have to, to talk about and study and talk from a science and a faith perspective. Um, and in order to do that, first off, you can't be stuck with uh, kind of the way that... And society really doesn't 
have a firm grasp on how we want to refer to people either. Right. Because it's it's kind of a it's kind of a gray area of, of how do we talk about well in in a setting where you're trying to study these things, you have to be able to refer to them in in some way. And so uh, luckily on a campus like mine, we don't I don't see a lot of the, the big push for uh, to use particular language. And so that makes it a little easier to talk about it. It makes it um, just because we can refer to it in specific ways. Um, and I, I think that's the experience in most of the country, but it's not the part that gets talked about the most. Um, Sam Smith, obviously, yesterday or two days ago, being trending all over the place because of his comment. That's the stuff that gets more covered. He was he had the articles written about how strong, courageous the, that uh, position is, and for coming out and saying those types of things. Uh, but you've got situations where uh, the the uh, now infamous cases of uh, Christian bakeries. You know, we don't believe that we should bake this thing for a gay wedding. It goes against what we believe, and the courts have told them repeatedly in different situations, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't have the right to express that uh, in your business. You're going to have to make that cake. Um, we've we've seen this a little bit. The guy, uh, Jordan Peterson, who's a professor in Canada, who's been, uh, he refused to use the uh, quote-unquote proper pronouns uh, that people feel like they are. Uh, he doesn't want to bend the English language to suit the feelings that other people have. He's If people want to call themselves that, go ahead. But he he refused to let his speech be uh, corralled in that manner, and that's made him an enemy. It's made him, of course, a, a Nazi, uh, and it's resulted in him being fired. Of course, he travels the country now speaking on these things because he's just he's refusing to uh, bow to that thing. But the the pronoun situation in parts of Canada has become a hate speech thing, which people for a long time here have said, you know, well, you know, that's not what we're wanting in the U.S. We're not trying to make that happen. But it becomes a logical conclusion of all of this stuff. It's a it's a consequence yeah. of the belief system when you say. You know, you you can't say things like that. Eventually, it'll come to a point where no, you really can't because we'll throw you in jail for that. Uh, that's that's the nat- that's a logical conclusion of all this stuff. So we shouldn't be surprised uh, with a a consequence of of free speech being policed. Here's another. Do, uh, Go ahead. Uh, real quickly, we do a bad job of disagreeing with each other. Yes. And so when you have things like this where we insist so much on you've got to use this particular language what you get is extremes on on both sides where we uh, have hate for the other side because of the the terms that they use or terms being used just to anger people on the other side because we disagree with their point and in the midst of all that now you can't have discussion as you try to um, um, work through these right. things. Yeah, and you're you're right. There's this visceral response to okay, this is what you have to do, and you have people say, you know, absolutely not. Uh, that's that's not how I'm going to do. And that's that's where 
that's where a lot of this sudden uprising of, you know, where, where did this public, where did these public displays of kind of extremism come from? Well, there was a big push from, uh, I, I won't say one side did the pushing. I think it came a little bit from both, but you had an extreme on one end, you know, you, you need to say, use these terms and this is how you talk to people and this is what's okay. And this is what's not okay. You know, these, these traditional values are, are wrong and messed up and old fashioned and not okay anymore. Well, you had people who believed in those things that, that said, you know, I'm not okay with that at all. And in fact, everything you're doing is wrong. And, and that's, that's where that yeah. extreme visceral reaction comes up. I think most people fall in the middle of those things. But that's not what gets coverage. That's not what draws eyeballs or brings attention to people. Uh, and th- this is a natural consequence of these types of things uh, with, with speech and with identification and other things. Uh, extremes arise. Uh, we get told what we can and cannot do, and that goes to extremes as well. Here's here's a second, and we had a few consequences. Uh, for the sake of time, we're going to cover this and another, uh, and maybe we'll do a kind of a bonus episode at some point uh, to add some more to this. I'm sure this will come up again. Uh, here's a second one, and a big one for Christians uh, and ministers and people who teach. Sections of Scripture are going to just be completely disregarded because of the way that they talk about uh, the differences between gender, uh, between gender roles, the uniqueness between the genders, uh, and the importance of fulfilling those roles uh, for each gender. Those, those things are going to be disregarded. There's a passage in Galatians uh, chapter 3, verse 28 uh, that you've probably heard before. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Okay, I, I believe in what that's saying. The thing is, I don't believe that it says what a lot of people are using it for these days, that uh, those passages that are written directly to women, passages written directly to men, don't matter. It's for everybody. Uh, it doesn't matter what was said you know, about elders. It doesn't matter what was said to women. None of that matters because we're all, we're all one. We're all neither male nor female. And so a lot of people are using that one verse to just cross out swaths of other pieces of scripture and eliminate it altogether, which mm-hmm. comes becomes problematic when you're standing up there preaching, uh, especially to this culture as, as we continue to move forward in years, uh, and our churches are mostly comprised of people f- with this kind of ideological background. Uh, you know, when we say, here's what, you know, what Paul's written about women, you know, what the Holy Spirit through Paul wrote about women in First Timothy or wrote about men in First Timothy. Well, you know, I just don't think, I, I think that was back when they really were firm on their gender roles. But we know now that that's not a, like, that, that's our, that's the future. Yeah. <laughs> and that becomes difficult to preach when people don't want a large part of the gospel because it's too gender binary. Uh, we, I'm real, I'm going to kind of get in to um, our, the third point that we go, had. Go, that for we're not actually go for it, go for it, go for it. Getting into, but just briefly as I'm, I'm going to mention it kind of as I make a comment on this, but 
you know, kind of what you're saying is that Scripture <clears throat> teaches us, and, and I believe what it says, that God designed men and He designed women. And they're, they're equal, but they're, they're different. They're similar right. in certain ways, and they're different in other ways. And that's important mm-hmm. for the way that God designed us to live. He designed marriage, for example, to be, is, ba- is predicated on the fact that he created man and woman similar but different, equal but not the same. Right. And so if, if we kind of get into this uh, mindset of, well, it's, it's, it's normal uh, or it's the the real ways that there's really not these the, these genders that everyone's equal. We miss out on the essence of, in my opinion, the entire scripture is predicated on the the creation. I think scripture is a story of God's mission that moved from creation to new creation. God is seeking to restore what was lost. Right. And if if that's true, then what was lost, what was in the beginning was the way that it was supposed to to be. And people can dislike me for saying this, but science and scripture match up here. Uh, what's, what's normal is, uh, and what is true for 96% of the population, is male and female uh, as two distinct beings. Right that do distinct things for distinct purposes. And there is a, uh, a, a gray area kind of in 4%, because you have things that, that happen that mess up that intention, the way biology is supposed to work on the science side, the way God's design is supposed to work on the other side. And I do want to mention, I think we as Christians need to do a better job of recognizing that there's some gray in there. Uh, we try to make everything completely black and white. And we do that to the detriment to ourselves by excluding people who are like, well, I'm really not black and white, which for some people that is the case. Sure. But when you make it normal to be that way, you miss out on God's intended design you miss out on the way biology was intended to work, whether or not you even think that God was behind that. But there is a intentionality. There is a, a way that things are supposed to to work. And you, you miss out on the beauty of the way biology works, and you miss out on the beauty of the way God designed us yeah. to be when you begin to normalize uh those kind of things. And when we use a, a piece of scripture like Galatians three twenty eight to to wipe out other parts of scripture, you're you're saying you're yeah, I mean you're ripping part of what God spoke out. Saying I'm not interested in those things he spoke because he said this other thing and I like that better. And it it normalizes this abnormal view uh, of the world, which is going to suck people in because people follow trends and things like that, uh, which is why we have a podcast called The Trend. We look at things that are trending. That's what people get caught up in. Uh, And when we normalize those things and use scripture to cancel out other scripture and all of that stuff, as you said, we're going to miss out on the beauty and the, the truthfulness of what God has done in making separate people. 
uh, and making them differently and important in those roles. All right, those are the consequences. We'll spend a little bit of time here as we uh, come to a close on this. How do we respond to this? And I think there are two big parts to this. One of them you you touched on a little bit uh, just a moment ago. We need to have a lot of patience. Okay, we're dealing with a generation that believes these things. Many people believe these things. Even people who do not feel this way themselves are like, well, you know, people can believe what they want and it's fine. And uh, and and there's still this. Yeah, it may not be for me, but I don't have a problem with how people feel and believing what they feel and whatever, whatever. We got to have patience with that. Okay, we are essential. Whenever you teach somebody anything, you a lot of times have to undo the bad they've been taught and then teach them what's true and correct. We've got to have patience to do the front part if we ever want to get to the back part of that. Uh, there is no getting to truth if we can't unpack the the untruth that they've bought for a long time. And yeah, the people we're preaching to, this is what they're hearing constantly <clears throat> in the news, on the internet, everywhere. So that's the first thing. Uh, we've got to be patient in how we talk to other people, hear their side, and work with them to unpack the untruth and then get to the truth in teaching them. The second part is show the emotionalism in Scripture. We talked about the extreme visceral responses that we are tempted to, to get into. When, when one side is this extreme, we want to go to the other. It can be yep. tempting to say to a audience that is very uh, feeling-fueled in what they believe, well, okay, disregard all feelings, fact, 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 fact. That's not going to work. If we swing to the other heavy extreme, we miss out, to continue to use the term, we miss out on the beauty of Scripture in that it's both a very factual book and a very emotional book. Uh, what you said there earlier was was both fact and emotion, that this is how the way things were in the garden, and God's trying to get us back to that new creation. You go from Genesis to Revelation, that's the story. <clears throat> but there's an emotional part of that too, that God wants this relationship with you. That's why Christ. That's why the Old Testament. That's why uh, the New Testament and everything that he goes through. It's not just logical and rational. It's also very feeling. And we got to make sure that when we talk to people who are heavily feeling— we don't swing them to the other pendulum side and go, you're all feeling, let's be all fact now. No, we yeah. just need to bring them over to, let's make your feeling line up with this truth. And that'll put people where they need to be. Any other thoughts on that, Spencer? Uh, real real quickly, just going go along it. with that. It's, it's important that we seek to understand and empathize with people doesn't mean we have to accept what everybody believes. We can stand on truth and balance the two of, of those. When, as, as someone from a, a science and a psychology and a biology perspective has studied these things, as well as from a religious, biblical perspective, mm-hmm. we, our, our temptation is, because, is that because the, the Bible teaches male and female distinctiveness, which I think is where we need to, I think we need to stand on that that's God's intention, but not make it that everything works out so clearly. Because the more you understand people, the more you understand these things, there are 
gray areas that we have to deal with. And if we're not willing to empathize with, with people, we're going to chase a lot of people away. Yes. Um, and you, so there's, there's a balance, uh, um, there. We have to understand where people are, are coming from. We have to understand and teach and stand on God's intention. And then we also have to understand that God's plan does not always work out like it's supposed to because of, because we live in a fallen world. And that's where you get some gray area yeah. of, of what do we do with, with that. So it's just, yeah, understanding people and being willing to expand our minds out of a uh, completely black and white way of the way humanity works and understand that there um, are some things that don't always work out like they're supposed to. So there you go. Uh, be patient. Show the emotionalism in Scripture as well as the fact and uh, work with people, empathize with them, uh, and try to understand where they're coming from. And that's how we're going to be able to reach people, even people in this uh, ideology. This has been The Trend. Uh, we want to encourage you to check out strongchurch.org. Uh, We've got a new website. It'll This will either be up on the website or uh, the website will be up the week after this. But check out strongchurch.org. we got a new home for all of our stuff. Uh, be sure to like our Facebook page to stay on top of when we post different things. We've got a bunch of stuff going up and some new things headed your way soon. Uh, we want to encourage you to check that out, our other podcasts and articles and videos, uh, as well as the trend here. Thanks for listening. I'm Jack with Spencer here, and we'll see you next time.